I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're pregnant and in this episode, we're discussing how to prepare financially for a baby. Hey friends, this is Queenie. And Pablo. And welcome back to another episode. So Pablo, what's your money win? My money win is that, you know, like last week, we have a new studio, still brand new. And, you know, we were looking for some chairs, podcast chairs, and we wanted something that looks good. But we did not want to spend too much money, obviously. You know us. And we we went to Kmart to find, like, some, you know, affordable chairs. And it was already, like, $150. And then we went there, and then they did not have the chairs, luckily. And then we were like, oh, we have to order them online, you know, a bit more annoying. But then we started looking online. And we found this website where we bought our couch like a couple of months ago, Brosa, and we got this really nice looking chairs for only $99. They're so nice, honestly. I wish you could see them. They're kind of like, uh, they're green, like a, kind of like a dark green. And they're kind of like a felt kind of fabric and they just look really cool. They've kind of got this like scalloped look and they just look really groovy and we honestly love them so much. Yeah, so that's the money win, you know, saving money plus having nice chairs. Nice, I love it, I love it. What's your money win, Queenie? Okay, I'm really, really excited about this because I feel like a lot of people might not know about this already. So as you know, we're pregnant and we're currently going through the public health system and they have this really, really cool service called the midwifery group practice. And basically what it is, is you get assigned a midwife And you have this same midwife throughout your whole entire pregnancy. And you get to do like regular check-ins with them one-on-one. You can ask them questions. You even get their phone number. So if you have any questions outside of those meetings, you can just message your midwife and they can answer your questions for you. And it's all completely free. And it's really, really amazing. And I think all the way up to the lead up of the birth of our child and even a few weeks after, the midwife can actually come to your home and do check-ins with you just to make sure everything's okay. So I'm super, super grateful to live in a country like Australia where we have such good healthcare and benefits and things like that. So if you haven't already heard of this before, definitely check it out, Midwifery Group Practice. I'm already loving the service. So yeah, very grateful that we got into this. Yeah, I think it's really lucky that we were able to go through for that because it's free and you get someone assigned that get to know you, you know, so it's much easier than, you know, transferring to so many different people. And yeah, for people interested, I think we got in through our GP and I think we're quite lucky to get in because we applied early in our pregnancy. So the earlier you apply, the better, I will say. Yeah, because I think that there are limited spots, especially with some hospitals, but yeah, it's definitely worth looking into. Highly recommend it. Yeah, highly recommend being pregnant as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just remember that anything that we talk about in this podcast is general in nature and doesn't constitute personal financial advice. You can read my full financial services guide in my description. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of our land and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. So Pablo, 
What's the first step? Well, the first step, like everything you see online is, you guessed it, creating a budget. And briefly a budget, what it is, is basically understanding, you know, how much income is coming and how much your expenses are. And obviously we did a full episode on budgeting last week. So if you want to check that after this episode, you can go through last week's episode. But basically like, you know, budgeting is understanding how much income is coming through and the expenses, putting which categories the money is going out and making sure that, you know, your net worth ideally is increasing over time. Yeah, exactly. So ideally, you want your income to cover all of your expenses. And then hopefully you even have a bit left over to put into your savings or or your investing goals as well. So highly recommend checking out that episode if you haven't listened to it already. It's really, really good because we go through some different budgeting styles that people use. So there are many different styles of budgeting. There are zero-based budgets, which basically mean that Every single dollar of income that you have coming in gets allocated to something, whether that's savings, investments, expenses, debt repayments, whatever it is. And there are some other budgeting methods like the pay yourself first budget, which basically means that when your income comes in, you pay yourself first. So directly when that income comes in, you set aside some money into your savings or your investments, and then you spend whatever is left over. And that's personally the budget that Pablo and I do. And if you would like to learn more about the different methods of budgeting that you can use and how to set up a budget, highly recommend checking out that episode. We went into a lot of detail. Why is it a good idea to set up an emergency fund, Queenie? Well, as we know, life can be a bit unexpected sometimes. You know, some days you might get pregnant, like me, and you might need to go to the doctor, or maybe you need to pay for some expenses that you weren't already paying for, for example, like ultrasounds and vitamins for your baby and things like that. And having an emergency fund just means that you have some money to rely on just in case any of these unexpected emergencies pop out. So you don't have to dip into money into your investment accounts. You don't have to use a credit card and spend money that you don't already have. It just means that you have money set aside for those emergencies because yeah, life can be unexpected. What do you think, Pablo? Yeah, like you said, life can be unexpected. You know, it was a planned pregnancy. I just want to say on the record. <laughs> so it was not unexpected. But uh, anything can happen. And I think it's always good to have a buffer if anything happens so that you can rely on that. But like you said, having a high saving interest account, I think nowadays they have like 5% plus savings account, which is really, really good. So having that extra money or this money still growing as you, you know, do your everyday thing is really important. Yeah, completely, completely agree. And I think even just having that emergency fund there can also help alleviate some stress and some financial pressure because you just know that you have some cash saved there just in case something were to happen. So you don't have to live so stressed. And I remember the days when Pablo and I first met and we had very little money. Like we were really living paycheck to paycheck. And I remember how stressful life was. So I really do empathize with people going through that cycle. But nowadays when we have our emergency fund and saving up that emergency buffer, oh my gosh, it's life changing. Like you wouldn't think that finances can take up so much mental energy, but they really can, especially when you are living paycheck to paycheck and life is stressful. It can just, you know, alleviate a bit of stress. Yeah, I think financial stress is one of the biggest reasons for divorce, you know. And first, I guess it's important that both parties earn their own money or income. 
but also you know having like a buffer is even better. Yeah, I mean, there's some might be some couples where one person might be staying at home, you know. But as long as everyone's on the same page with their expenses, I think that's important. Yeah, hundred percent. Thank you so much to We Money for being the sponsor of today's episode. We Money is a free app you can use to check your credit score completely for free and see your finances in the one place. And you can use my code for five dollars when you sign up. The link is in the description below. So the next step is if you have a partner. It's a good idea to start thinking about how much time you would like to take off and how you would like to split that time between both of you. So Pablo and I, we're pregnant and we run a business. So we will need to take some time off in order to take care of our new baby. So we we're thinking maybe from one to three months, depending on how it all goes. And we've also created a business emergency fund to account for the three months of lower income for our business. So we have our own business emergency fund just so that we can make sure that we can keep paying myself, Pablo, Julian, and keep paying for our business expenses. So, so if you are self-employed or you do have a business, it's also a good idea to set up a business emergency fund as well. And if you do decide to take more time off from work than your partner, maybe it's even worth discussing with your partner about them contributing some extra money into your superannuation or your retirement account. What do you think, Pablo? Yeah, I think it's very important because you might not think about, you know, are we both earning money? You know, we both using one income to do the everyday expenses. But then there's one thing that you might not think about is who is contributing for superannuation or retirement saving. And if only one of the two person does it, then it makes a big gap when they're 65 because all that money did not campaign over the years and maybe it's one year, maybe it's two years and that's a lot of money added up. It sure is. It really is. And I saw this really, really crazy stat the other day. Did you know that women retire with 42% less than men? 42%? Wow. How come? A lot of women take time out of the workforce to have kids and some women, even when they do return to the workforce, they only do so part-time. So I think it is a good idea if you do have a partner that is working, perhaps get them to contribute some extra money into your superannuation or your retirement savings, especially if you are taking time out of the workforce to take care of kids, because this can really, really impact your finances later on in life. There's this other really, really sad stat that women over the age of 55 are one of the fastest growing homeless populations. So I think this is really, really, really important to think about. And not just for women, but any people that decide to take time out of the workforce to raise a family. Oh, that's a really good point and really interesting stats, you know, because you might not think about it when you have kids, when you are like, you know, 25, 30, 35, but... When you are 60, that's when you're going to realize, oh, damn, I did not have anyone to contribute to my super. You know, all those years I was taking care of the kids, even though it was split income, I no one put any money in my super. And now I see the impact of that. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you stay with your partner, but sometimes you don't. And maybe you have to because you don't have any saving. That's really sad to see. Yeah, that's so true. That's a really good point, Pablo. So yeah, really important to consider it. So the next point is to start having a look into what your parental leave entitlements are. So your employer may have some parental leave benefits that you can take advantage of and just ask them, maybe ask like HR or your manager to see what you are entitled to. 
And then you can discuss if you do have a partner, how much time you would both like to take off. Yeah, exactly. It's important to, you know, you might not know about the benefit that the company you work with and what you're entitled to. So it's really important to talk to HR. For us, obviously, we self-employed. So, you know, we have to, to take this into consideration. But something really lucky is Australia has like a Centrelink and benefits for people being pregnant, right? Yeah, yeah, this is really cool. And something that we didn't know about before we were pregnant, but we are super, super lucky here. Basically, the Australian government does give their own parental leave. So even if you do have an employer that has parental leave benefits, you could still potentially even get access to the government benefits as well. So the Australian parental leave benefits is 20 weeks of paid parental leave and you can choose how you would like to split this leave with your partner. So say, for example, you could give your partner 10 weeks, you get 10 weeks, or you could do like 18 weeks for you, two weeks for your partner. Yeah, you can decide how you would like to split them. But yeah, it's really, really interesting to have a look at. During these 20 weeks of paid parental leave, it is the national minimum wage. And this does change year to year, depending on what the minimum wage is at the time. So if you would like to learn more about this, we have a link to MyGov where you can learn more. So we actually made a video about this on Instagram and we got some really interesting comments from people all around the world. And there was this German lady who now lives in Australia and she was saying that in Germany they have 12 months of paid parental leave from the government. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. 12 months, you know, time to move to Germany, Queenie. I know, I know. So yeah, I guess it depends on where you live in the world. And obviously there would be some countries where they do have higher income taxes and therefore can afford to give out better benefits for their citizens. But yeah, really, really interesting. So definitely check out where you live in the world and what kind of benefits are available to you, whether that's through your employer or potentially even the government or both if you're lucky enough. Yeah, for sure. I think it's important to look around and see what's been. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's as simple as, you know, Googling it and going on Google searching what are the benefits and see what you can get. Exactly, because we also have a friend here in Australia and he didn't know about the government benefits in Australia and he's had three kids. So it's like, it's a bit unfortunate for him, but now that he's had his third kid and we did tell him about this pay parental leave, he's now going to get access to it. But yeah, there would be a lot of people that just don't know that they are entitled to some sort of paid parental leave scheme or potentially even some money for having a new baby in some countries. So yeah, definitely worth checking out. It could literally save you thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, and it's good to know, you know, you pay your tax every year. It might as well good to get a kickback when you potentially need it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the good thing about taxes, you know, because I guess it, it goes around, but it can also come around as well, which is nice. It is nice, you know, everything, you know, you paid for what in life and it's nice to, why not get a kickback? Exactly, exactly. So what's the next point, Connie? We will go into the next point just after this quick ad break. 
Thanks for listening. So the next point is to review your health insurance if you do have health insurance. So it's a good idea to have a look at your health insurance policy just to understand what it covers related to pregnancy and childbirth because there can be quite a lot of -of out-of-pocket costs such as ultrasounds and things that you may not have known about that you do need to pay for. So if you do have health insurance, it's a good idea to have a look and see what's covered and see if there's anything that you can claim back on your health insurance. Yeah, I think health insurance is good. But one thing to keep in mind is that, you know, usually for pregnancy, I think you need to be really in the top tier of your health insurance to get like all the benefits. Maybe some are covered, but not all might not be all covered. And also, I think for the delivery of the baby, you need to have this policy at least 12 months in advance before you deliver the baby. Mm, Exactly. So it's really, really important to see what you're entitled to and potentially if you do need to change policies. And it's a good idea to do this maybe even before you're even planning to get pregnant. Um, So yeah, good idea to have a look at. And I think also having a look through public hospitals and private hospitals. So Pablo and I, we are doing public hospitals like we mentioned earlier, but there are some really, really great schemes from the government that you can access completely for free, like the midwifery group practice, which we are honestly loving. We have been assigned a midwife and we have her number so we can contact her if we have any questions. And we do regular check-ins with her throughout the pregnancy and we get the same midwife throughout our whole pregnancy. And I think it just also makes it, especially because it's the first time we've been pregnant before, it makes the process a lot less daunting. So yeah, I would highly recommend having a look into the different options available for you and maybe even start putting your name on some of those lists as well early in your pregnancy. Yeah, for sure. And something also to to know about is that you need to do those ultrasounds. And, you know, we went to private practice to do some because they might not be all required or all refunded. But you can do some ultrasound at the hospital. And those are free of charge. They have a Medicare rebate. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So there are some ultrasounds that you can actually do at public hospitals that are covered by Medicare. So definitely worth having a look and seeing which ones can be covered by Medicare so you don't have to pay for those because we have done some ultrasounds where we do have to pay for them and they can be quite expensive from $200 to $400. So if you can make that saving and just get at least a couple of them done at a public hospital, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, and you need, you know, to do quite a, quite a few of them. So if you can get a few for free, that's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So highly recommend checking that out. So the next point is to consider creating a baby fund. Oh, baby fund. What does it mean? Like the baby gets money? <laughs> More so that you have a separate bank account so that you can start saving towards some costs of having a baby. So Perhaps if you need to buy some things for the baby, like a nursery, maybe setting up like a cot, some beds, baby equipment, prams, things like that. It's a good idea to start saving regularly towards some of those goals because they can be a bit expensive. And also potentially even looking around on Facebook Marketplace or Gumtree, Craigslist, and maybe even asking around your friendship circle if there's anyone that you know that has baby items that they don't need anymore, maybe they could gift them to you or you could get them secondhand so you can save a bit of money 
I'm very lucky. One of my friends, she's a mum, but her child is now a lot older and she saved some of her pregnancy clothes and she saved a few baby items that she's going to give to us, which is really, really sweet. So yeah, maybe there are some people that you know that have been pregnant before and maybe they don't need those items anymore. It might be a good idea to, yeah, ask them if they have anything they don't need. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea. You know, the baby fund is good in both ways that you want to save money so that you have enough money to buy things that you need, but also you don't want to overspend on, you know, unnecessary items. Because I was watching this video of uh, this person flew with her kid, maybe like a three-hour flight, and I was seeing the list of items that she needed. It was like pretty crazy. Like you need so much stuff and, you know, you need a stroller for everyday life, but you also need like a travel stroller that you know you can fold it just adds up i feel like crazy so it's good to have an idea of the budget that you're gonna need and also like you said using maybe marketplace of friends and family for those items that might be good to have second hand or for you know yeah very good point and potentially even setting up a gift registry as well. So if you are planning to do a baby shower or if you have friends or family that do want to gift you some items, maybe you could even go into a department store and set up a gift registry for baby items. So then at least your friends and family don't give you, I don't know, like 10 different strollers when you only need one. Or maybe you don't get like 100 pieces of baby clothes for six-month-old babies, you know? So it's a good idea to maybe set up a gift registry so then at least you only get given the things that you actually need. Yeah, gift register is a great idea because you want only a few items, but you want the right one, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the next point is to consider childcare costs. So if you are planning to go back to work or your partner's planning to go back to work, it's a good idea to start researching the different childcare options available to you. And it's also a good idea to review and see if you are entitled to any government benefits related to childcare. I know depending on where you live in the world, you might be able to get some sort of childcare rebate. So yeah, it's definitely worth having a look into. Yeah, childcare are good if you want to go back into the, the workforce. You know, it might be good. And also for your child to socialize with other kids. I think it's it's important, you know, as from an early age. One thing I was talking to a friend of mine who has a baby. I think she's like one year old or something. And he said to me that look, good childcare are really hard to get in. And it's important to even look at those early on because it's very hard to get a spot. Yeah, interesting. Maybe we should start looking into this, Pablo. I think we should. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Good reminder for us. Yeah, exactly. So the next point is to consider life insurance if you haven't already or to review your life insurance policy because now your life circumstances have changed and you need to ensure that you are adequately covered in the case of, you know, something happening in the future. So, yeah, important to have a look into this. Pablo and I have recently gotten some insurance as well. I'm not sure if it is life insurance, something else. Trauma. Yeah, so we it wasn't exactly life insurance. It was a different type of insurance that does cover us for similar things. So definitely worth having a look into. Yeah, and if you're interested in getting any advice regarding insurance, we've put a link to Life Shepherd who is our license holder, but also are our financial advisor and help us navigate through a few things in our financial life. 
Yeah, so highly recommend them. They are a lot more affordable than some other options out there. And they do give really, really good advice. So yeah, if you haven't looked into insurance before, it might be worth chatting to someone about that. And before we go into the last point, which is honestly one of my favorite points, don't forget to give this podcast a five-star rating if you are enjoying it so far. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for all the past five-star review. We really enjoy reading your comments. But if you haven't done it already, we really appreciate the ratings. It really helps the podcast, you know, reach a wider audience. And it just gives us good feedback on that you are enjoying it too. Yeah, so thank you so much. Okay, so the last point is to consider investing for your baby. And as we know, life can be really, really expensive. And I think that it's just going to keep on getting even more expensive, unfortunately, for the next generation. So that's why Pablo and I are going to start investing for our baby as soon as they're born. So our plan is once our baby is born, we'll set up a custodial investing account for them and we'll invest around $1,000 into an ETF every single year. But the really interesting thing about this is if we just contribute $1,000 every year and invest it into an ETF, by the time they're 18 and assuming an 8% yearly return, they'll have over $40,000 in that account. But it gets even crazier because if they leave that money in their account, by the time they're 65, they'll have $1.8 million dollars without having to invest a single dollar. And we would have only contributed $19,000, which is just crazy to think about. So it really illustrates the power of compound interest. And I think also the power of investing smaller amounts of money. Like you don't have to invest like crazy, crazy amounts of money. You know, just starting small, starting early and putting aside what you can, I think that will make a huge impact in your child's future. Yeah, I think it's really important. And what you said, you know, it's not how much you put, it's more like the regularity and the time into the market that makes a big difference, which is why coming back to, you know, if one of the partner works and doesn't one doesn't work, it's important that we can both of them can have some extra investment at the same time because time in the market really beats timing the market. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And potentially even if you have uh, friends or family members that give gifts to your baby, you know, or to your child, you could even put that into their custodial investing account and invest that money instead, or even into a separate bank account, whatever you choose. Like there are so many different ways that you could do it. And oh, there's this also this really other interesting point that I saw. So a lot of kids these days do tend to live at home for a lot longer than what we used to because Life is just so expensive these days. So I guess kids now, they tend to stay at home for a lot longer. So something interesting that some parents are doing is they actually charge their kids rent after a certain age, let's say after the age of 18. And they do tend to charge them a little bit less than the market rate. And what they do with that money is they invest it for them or they put it in a high interest savings account. So when their kids are ready to move out, they already have some money saved or have some money invested that can help them towards buying their first home. So I think that's a really, really cool idea. And maybe it might be something that Pablo and I will do for our child if they do decide to stay at home. Yeah, longer. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to, you know, get them to understand how the, you know, money works first when they are young, but also, you know, that's rent, that's the place that they, they live once they are like older and are able to to afford it. And it might be a nice gift 
you know, to give them surprise them, them. <laughs> to surprise them. Hey, you have like twenty or thirty grand worth because it's been invested in for these years and. Yeah. They will enjoy that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And if you would like to get started investing, but you're not quite sure where to start, don't worry because we have created a completely free investing cheat sheet, which you can download in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if you do know anyone who is pregnant or expecting a baby, then maybe you could share this episode with them. Yeah, why not? Yeah, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.